Turn with me to the book of Proverbs chapter 7, if you would please. Proverbs chapter 7. In the book of Proverbs, the wise man is passing along some frank but friendly advice to young men. And obviously, one of the things he thinks they need to hear is the danger of adultery, of immorality. Because he covers that subject in all of chapter 5. And then he returns to it in chapter 6. And then he hits it again in chapter 7. So clearly, he wants young men to hear this lesson. And we're going to pick up this morning with verse 6 of Proverbs chapter 7. So if you would, let's follow along here. Proverbs chapter 7, beginning with verse 6. Solomon says, At the window of my house, I looked out through the lattice. I saw among the simple. I noticed among the young men a youth who lacked judgment. He was going down the street near her corner, walking along in the direction of her house. At twilight, as the day was fading, as the dark of night set in, then out came a woman to meet him, dressed like a prostitute and with crafty intent. She is loud and defiant. Her feet never stay at home. Now in the street, now at the corners, she, at every corner she lurks. She took hold of him and kissed him. And with a brazen face she said, I have fellowship offerings at home. Today I fulfilled my vows. So I came out to meet you. I looked for you. And I found you. I have covered my bed with covered linen, colored linens from Egypt. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let's drink deep of love till morning. Let's enjoy ourselves with love. My husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He took his purse filled with money and will not be home till full noon. With persuasive words, she led him astray. She seduced him with her smooth talk. All at once, he followed her like an ox going to the slaughter, like a deer stepping into a noose till an arrow pierces his liver, like a bird darting into a snare, little knowing it will cost him his life. Now then, my sons, listen to me. Pay attention to what I say. Do not let your heart turn to her ways or stray into her paths. Many are the victims she has brought down. Her slain are a mighty throng. Her house is a highway to the grave leading down to the chambers of death. A vivid little story, and there's a lot of lessons we can learn from this today. One of the things we could learn is that even back in the days of Solomon, even way back then, there was no shortage of sorry women and no shortage of foolish, naive young men. We could talk about the red flags of adultery, and this passage is just filled with red flags, and the biggest one of all is when this woman says, My husband... That should have been his cue to hit the road right there. 
But this morning, I want to go back to verse 10, and I want to pick up on just one phrase that we're going to find in this story. Did you notice that when Solomon described this immoral individual intent on immorality, did you notice in verse 10, he says, she was dressed like a prostitute. Let me ask you a question. Why does Solomon call attention to her clothing? And I'm going to give you the answer that I came up with, and that is because our clothing always makes a personal statement. The fashions that we choose reflect our personality, and our outer wear reveals our inner values. Our clothing always provides a message. Let me ask you a second question. What message did this woman's clothing present? Why was this wayward wife dressed like a streetwalker? I'll give you the answer I came up with. She had chosen apparel that advertised her availability for adultery. The message of her clothing, the clothing she had selected was saying loud and clear, I may be married, but I'm not moral. To put it bluntly, her outfit was an invitation to a proposition. Remember our principle, and that is our clothing always makes a personal statement. This morning, I think that's worth reflecting on for just a few minutes because we are Christians and we don't want to present the wrong message either in our words, in our actions, or in the clothing that we wear. And I think that's worth reflecting on this morning because quite honestly, our society, American culture is becoming increasingly coarse and vulgar and immoral. And Christians need to be ever so careful that we don't inadvertently project a worldly image. And then let me be very direct. Given the current fashions in our culture today, if a woman was dressed like a prostitute, she'd fit right in. Now, I've got to say, that's not just my opinion. A remarkable article appeared in the Wall Street Journal back in March written by a Jewish woman by the name of Jennifer Moses. Miss Moses is a writer and the author of Teenage Daughters and she published an article in the Wall Street Journal entitled, Why Do We Let Them Dress Like That? And in it she asked her fellow mothers this question. She said, why do so many of us not only permit our teenage daughters to dress like this, like prostitutes, if we're being honest with ourselves, but we pay for them to do it with our American Express cards? And then she went on to say, with the exception of some Mormons, evangelicals, and Orthodox Jews Scads of us today don't know how to teach our own sons and daughters not to give away their bodies so readily. 
Now, I want you to listen to that for just a minute. This woman is not a Christian, apparently not even a religious woman, and yet she is looking at American culture, and she's looking at her daughters and the way they dress and the way all of their friends dress, and she's saying something is wrong. Something is wrong in the fashions, in the styles, in the worldly wear of women today. Something is terribly, terribly wrong. And the fact of the matter is, more and more women, both young and old, are wearing less and less. And they are wearing those provocative outfits in settings in which previous generations would have been ashamed to be seen, including worship assemblies. My lesson today is a gentle reminder that we all need to think twice about the message our clothing presents And I am presenting this lesson particularly to the ladies for two reasons. Number one, this sermon was prepared by special request. In my congregation several months ago, several of the Christian mothers in the church came to me and said, Dan, somebody needs to say something about the fashions today. We're not happy. With the choices our teenage girls have, we're not happy with what their friends wear. We're not happy with what we see in the worship assembly. Something is really, really wrong. So this lesson was originally prepared at the request of the mothers. They were concerned about the fashion trends in our society and the effects that they're having on young ladies. And i got to tell you, ladies, I am very sympathetic to the challenges you face when you go shopping for clothing. Because fashions today are often dictated by worldly, even ungodly fashion designers. And let's be really honest, many of them are homosexuals who do not have a woman's best interest at heart. And i got to say also that styles are becoming increasingly casual in our culture, even at, even at church. And that might allow some individuals to become careless about the decency of their clothing. This sermon was prepared for my congregation, not yours, okay? And I may say some things that don't apply to you. But I figured we all live in the same culture. So there might be something you need to hear. And the second reason I'm addressing this lesson, particularly to the ladies, is because of a fundamental fact of human nature. And that is men and women are different. You probably have already figured that out. But this morning I want to talk about one particular aspect. Men and women are wired differently. And as a part of that, men, you need to understand, are tempted more visually. Jesus himself recognized this in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5 and verse 28, where Jesus said, I tell you the truth, if a man looks at a woman lustfully, he has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Now, it is possible that Jesus could have said, if a woman looks at a man lustfully, but it's not likely, because it doesn't usually work that way. Jesus specifically said, if a man looks Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Do you remember the story of David, the life story of King David? Do you remember the darkest chapter in David's life? 
And the one that caused the most devastation was when David one afternoon was on the roof of his palace and he looked down and he saw Bathsheba. And his eyes led him into sin. And that sin led him down a very dark path that eventually led the whole nation into civil war. Terrible story. Terrible story. David's eyes led him astray. Now, I want you to think with me for a moment. Suppose the scenario had played out a little differently, and suppose it had been Bathsheba up on the rooftop, and it had been David down in the tub, and she caught a glimpse of him. Now, I don't know about you, but I kind of think probably what would have happened is Bathsheba would have had a good laugh, but that's probably all that would have happened. Because men and women are wired differently. So, ladies, on behalf of all the men, I'm going to ask you to have some consideration for your brothers and make sure that you're not a distraction or a temptation. Do not come to worship with thigh high hemlines or down to their necklines, skin tight, slack, skimpy skirts, or short shorts, or backless, strapless, shameless, clueless outfits. Don't do that because it's going to draw the wrong attention. And it might just make a statement about you that you don't want made. And I'm just going to give you a, a simple rule of thumb, and that is if you ever have any doubts about the appropriateness of your apparel, find a trusted, mature Christian woman and just ask for her opinion. Now, if you think I've been picking on the ladies, I kind of have been. But let me go on to say that men can also have some worship wardrobe malfunctions of their own. And let me explain that in my congregation, we have reached an awful lot of unchurched people. We have dozens and dozens of people who didn't grow up in any church background. We have a very active drug and alcohol ministry. And we have people who come to church that just don't know. I mean, they don't know anything about the Bible. They don't know how to dress. And I'm talking about men and women. So let me tell you now, when I prepared this lesson for my congregation, what I told the men. And it may not apply to anybody here, but this is what they heard. Because some of them needed to hear it. I told them four things. I said, number one, guys, when you pick out a t-shirt to wear to church, don't just smell it. Read it. Make sure that you don't become a walking billboard for immorality. Because we were having some guys come into church with t-shirts that had messages that were just wildly inappropriate. We just had to say, you know, you really don't need to be wearing a Budweiser t-shirt to church. Number two, don't come into worship wearing a baseball cap, a cowboy hat, or a do-rag. And we had that. And we had to take them over to 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 7 where it says a man worships the Lord with his head uncovered as a mark of reverence and respect to God. Number three, I told our guys, invest in a good belt. Do not wear droopy, baggy pants. There is a reason they're called underwear. And we had to tell some folks that. And finally, number four, guys, if you decide to have a midlife crisis, 
Do not show up on Sunday with your shirt half unbuttoned because nobody wants to see your hairy chest, even if it's got a gold chain on it. Button your shirt up. Now, all of those things may not apply to anybody here today, but they did in my church. Both men and women should remember that all clothing makes a statement. And while we should be modest seven days a week, our worship attire especially ought to communicate purity of character and reverence toward God. In fact, Paul is speaking of the worship assembly in 1 Timothy 2 and verse 9 where he tells the women, I want women to dress modestly with decency and propriety. And I think that's a lesson we can all take to heart. A moment ago we read Proverbs chapter 7 where Paul talked about that wayward wife who was dressed like a prostitute. I can never read that passage without thinking about an actual prostitute that I counseled several years ago. Well, she was a, she was a former streetwalker. She had become a Christian. She and her husband came to me from another town because they had some severe marriage problems, and I worked with them over a period of a number of weeks to help patch up their marriage and get everything working the way it ought to, and, 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 and they were a very unusual couple. She had been a streetwalker in New Orleans. He was a wealthy professional. But somehow they had gotten together and somehow they made it work. She became a Christian. She left her lifestyle behind her. They had a number of children. She was married. All of those things were behind her. Except for one thing. This lady had never updated her wardrobe. I mean, she came into my office looking like a woman who was standing on a street corner in a red light district. Her clothing, frankly, was embarrassing. It was one of those situations where you just never knew where to look. And honestly, I ended up making her husband uncomfortable because in most of the therapy sessions, I just kind of stared at him. At the end of our last marriage session, we were wrapping up. I was closing them out. I was sending them on their way. I thought we were done. But this woman said, Dr. Dan, could I come back next week and talk to you about some personal issues? I said, well, sure, of course. So the next week she came by herself. And she had hardly got into my office and sat down when she said, Dr. Dan, I don't like the way men look at me. It makes me feel cheap. I said, okay. And then I very gently said, do you think it has something to do with your wardrobe? And she said, but this is all I've ever known. How should I dress? Now, I've got to tell you, fashion advice is way beyond my area of expertise, okay? But every now and then, I get an inspiration. And this is one of those times. This lady asked me, how should I dress? And I, 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 the little light bulb kind of went on. And I said, well, tell me something. Do you, do you have some of those women's magazines at home? You know, uh, Ladies Home Journal, Red Book, uh, Good Housekeeping, any of those women's magazines? She said, well, yeah. Yeah, I've got some. I said, here's your homework assignment. I want you to go home and I want you to flip through those ladies' magazines. 
And I want you to cut out all of the pages that say that show you how you think men look at you. How that represent the way you think men look at you. And then I want you to thumb through them a second time and I want you to cut out all of the pages that represent the way you want men to look at you. She said, okay, and she left. She came back next week. She had two file folders. And she was more enthusiastic than I'd ever seen her before. And she sat down. I said, okay, what have you got? And she said, okay, here's my first file folder. This is the way that I think men look at me. And she opened it and started flipping through all the pages, and they were all lingerie ads. I said, that's enough. Okay, that's enough. Shut it. And sure enough, that's kind of what her wardrobe would look like. And then she opened the second folder. And it surprised me. There's only one page. And it was a picture of a cowgirl. I I mean, she had the boots, she had the jeans, she had the plaid shirt, she had the cowgirl hat on. It was a, a, a cowgirl at the rodeo. And I looked at that, and I looked at her, and I said... I said, is, is that the way you want to present yourself? And she said, that's the image I want. And I only asked her one more question. I said, well, does that husband of yours have a credit card? And she laughed. And she left. And I never saw her again. But about two years later, I was going through my mail one morning and I found an envelope that looked a little odd. It didn't have any return address on it. And it was postmarked from a town in Montana. I didn't know anybody in that town. I thought, what is this? And I opened it up, and there was no identifying information inside either. There was just one small color photograph of a smiling cowgirl, a happy husband, and her grinning children. And they were all decked out in Western wear. Our clothing makes a statement. And we need to think, men and women, about the statement that our clothing makes. Our outerwear is a reflection of our inner values. So let's make sure that the apparel that we wear in worship and every day communicates a reverence for God. Did you know that God wants to give us a new wardrobe? He does. He wants to clothe us in Christ. Galatians 3, 26 and 27, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have been clothed with Christ. And if I'm wearing Christ, if I'm all wrapped up in Jesus, then it's going to show in every part of my life. Paul puts it this way in Ephesians 4, 22 through 24. He says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. 
Isn't that a wonderful thought? We can be made new inside and out. New clothes, new wardrobe, yeah, maybe so. But a new attitude and a new life and a new status with our Heavenly Father. We're going to sing a song of encouragement. If you're here today and you've never put on Christ in baptism, He wants you to be clothed in Him and radiate Christ in all that you are and you do. If you're here today and you need to come back to the Lord who loves you so, if we can help you with any need, let us know right now as we stand and sing together.